Welcome back to Chasing the Hug, the podcast where you think that you know the answer. When you do, we change the questions. Ooh, I huh? am Steve Sachs. It's with my co-host of sorts. Hey, I'm Nick Johnson, everybody. Jason Fleener. Oh, Brian Cox. After the producer du jour. Producer du jour. Yeah, he is. A- anything happened this week? Anything we want to talk about? Riff on... Uh, how about you, Jason Fleener? Jason Fleener. I'm Jason Fleener. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Now you ain't. Yeah, you're you ain't not. Good. What were you just complaining about? Tell us about your evening that's getting you so upset. He's hot. I'm trying to install a new graphics card on a home server system. Mm. And NVIDIA? Not, yeah, it is not Nerd! working correctly. It is not working correctly. I've been doing it for about three hours now, and it's frustrating. So you brought anger with you to the... Yes. Mm. Okay, let's yes. use it. Let's use it. Let's yeah. bottle it up and let's take it some of these topics we have today. But before we get to the topics, we all know we start with Brian. What do we start each show with? With the com- comedic stylings of one Mr. Nick Johnson. Uh, these aren't my stylings, people. These are stylings that I stole. Coaching is theft, and I firmly believe that. We have a dad joke, though, and everyone loves dad jokes. And you know, it's a new year, and last year went pretty fast, didn't it? Like, everybody felt like it went pretty fast. I think mm-hmm. each year just goes faster and faster the older I get. Because time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> so when they're bad, do you take credit for it, or do you want them to be bad? They're dad jokes. Dad rhymes with bad, which makes me sad. But isn't that rad? So when you said the joke two weeks ago, and it was you just didn't like it how it went, it was yous, my joke. You didn't yeah. like how it went. Huh? It yeah. was my joke because you didn't like how it went. You got the tendons and the Is that nuggets. What I sound like to you? That's what you sound like to me. Bing Interesting. Bong. Bing bong. I'm not that person at all. I, I, honestly, I'm not. People out you know, there. What? You and I have a lot in common. In like Jersey people are a lot like people from Texas in that you're so proud to be from where you're from. Hundred percent. And Jersey people, it's always what exit. You know, that's yeah. always the same. Oh, I'm exit three, or I'm exit. Represent. What exit? One hundred nine on the Parkway. One hundred nine right here, baby. What exit you? One hundred nine. Yeah. Kid, what exit you from, son? What exit you from, guy? That's everybody from Jersey. <laughs> hey, I know. Pal. Hey, pal. Hey, pal. No, and I don't want to hijack this, but what, in your in your opinion, how did the um, Jersey Shore people represent your people in either a positive way or oh, a negative you have, way? No, you don't know me as well as you think you do. Not at all. No, because no. I have a whole room in the No, I know you're a fan of it. No, no, I'm not a fan. He is it. I mark out to it. Okay, <laughs> so for the wrestling yeah. terms, that means that I'm all about that. They chase the hug and they get the hug from old Steve Sachs. It's the Jersey Shore. Mind you, none of them except for Mike the Situation Sorrentino is actually from the Jersey Shore. Right. Um, he's actually from uh, Manalapin. Uh, Played his high school in basketball, just in case you want to know that. What X is that kid? What's uh? See, he's he would also you could take one hundred nine, you could take one hundred five, depending on which one to go. They're a little bit more inland than they would to be in the Parkway. Uh, on guys, yeah. Well, so, but yeah, uh, great show, and and they do represent, even though they're not all from us. Hmm. Uh, I wish I could be them. Well, now hmm. I'm even more disgusted because now it's all built on uh, you know a foundation of lies. Like, like only every, one of them's from. Yeah, yeah, like every reality TV show. Yeah, I can't believe you support that. But anyway, foundation of lies. Jason sits up on a throne of lies. I'm in a good mood. Speaking of sitting up on a throne of lies, let's talk about fashion style that's coming back. Anyone have any idea what we're talking about? Ooh, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that kids are wearing that just doesn't look right. All right. And it's all in style. And they say that it's in style, but it's not. And so we're talking about things that were hot maybe when we were kids or like the, the, the thing to wear in the 90s and the 80s. It's all back now. Stuff that perturbs me. But these are things that are in. Dad sweaters. Have you seen these things like the cardigans, the little button ups? Like, I don't know, maybe it started with uh, He Who Shall Remain Nameless, Kanye, a few years back. But like, 
What are you doing walking around looking like you should be in a den smoking a pipe reading the New York Times? And these like, are kids wearing these? These are kids sweaters? wearing these, man. Okay. Like a polo buttoned up to the top of their neck. All right. Not with the, the first button open. All the way up to the top with a cardigan that buttons down as well. You might as well put an ask out on that mug and start walking around with a smoking jacket. Like, Can you ever really trust anybody that buttons up a polo all the way never. to the neck? I don't Never. I think. Have you done that? I feel no, like I can't. I do too many traps, okay. so I Word try not to life. try not to worry about that nonsense. I want to have a little bit of the upper upper button breathe. Upper button breathe. Yep. <laughs> Steve got more traps than a fur trader. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something for you, you know, and and uh, it's making its way back, and I never thought it would be, but the high basketball shorts. Yes. I mean, back when you had yes. Allen Iverson, all these guys, they oh. were wearing it below the knee, long shorts. They were sagging the shorts, even though when they were longer then. And now it's all about, I want I want you to see my boxer briefs underneath my yeah. my shorts on how short the shorts so you're, are. You're talking about the raisin smugglers, and I cleaned that up because this is a family <laughs> show. Can you say that, Jason? Yeah. Like, we'll edit raisins are better. You know, things that good producers do, they don't text during the uh, podcast. <laughs> we'll edit in post. <laughs> I'm looking up clothing styles. Oh. Like the old Larry Bird <laughs> He's shorts, He's looking at the right? definition of Raisin smuggler, you the ones that you, that is. Yeah. the ones you can tell what religion they are, kind of thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. What you say? Hooded viper. <laughs> Turtlenecks are back in too. In case y'all was curious, <laughs> I, I can't keep setting these up for free. <laughs> what do you got, Jason? I like to tight roll. Brian can go. He just yeah. no. You you say the one you were gonna say because I was gonna say that. However, I was gonna say like the the bell bottom yeah. like pants, like the parachute pants. Oh, so there's a difference between bell bottom and parachute, yeah. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Those are all coming back. It's weird because it's this conglomeration of stuff. There's still what's kind of now a little bit, but there's a lot of '90s, a lot of '80s, a little bit of '70s. It's not uncommon to see kids at our campus walking around looking like MC Hammer and somebody else looking like an extra from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say Bell Bottoms. Bell Bottoms has been around for a while. I remember in high school there was a girl wearing Bell Bottoms and, and you sure. can see it now. So I don't think that's always been out. I think it's just been a thing. But, no. you know, not to sound sexist, it seems like Bell Bottoms is only a female uh, clothing apparel right now. Coming I have back, not seen yeah, a yeah. guy in Bell Incorrect. Bottoms. Incorrect. I'm if looking you've for actually, the You're tall. I'm tall. Uh, I'm short. We wear uh, about 34 length. Is that what you're yeah. at? Yeah, 34 length. 34 Sometimes the pant doesn't want to be 34 length, and so then it kind of flares out for me when I'm wearing like either sweatpants or swishy pants sometimes. Do your pants Rick flare? They, they woo! Well, woo! yeah, I know. I'm excited too. What what I want to bring back because I'm dummy thick. I want to bring back um, mesh tube tops. Ooh, that's what I'm gonna rock. Yeah, I'd look good in that. You would. Yeah, you you would look like a cheese coming out. That just reminds me of uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Sean Astin. Yeah, 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 Um, and not in steroids. No steroids. Yeah, we're talking about steroids. All right, the thing I want to see come back is extra tight t-shirts because that's my jam. It's mediums. I wear mediums. Nick hasn't owned a t-shirt he hasn't worn the same week. He wears the same exact shirts every single week when we work out. They're my workout shirts. You wash them? No. Why would I wash them? I like my musk. Exactly. Musk for Men by Nick. Mm. Hey, you brought up an interesting thing for me, Steve, Mm because we talk about cinema in this show a lot. And we talk about uh, movies and franchises and uh, things we like to see in the old film space. You brought up the idea of movie spinoffs and movie spinoff characters. So what are good movie spinoff characters? And maybe we can go into a little bit of what are bad movie spinoff characters. Have there been anything like that in your experience? Yeah. uh, So... 
the one that came to mind the most for me would be uh, of the Despicable Me family mm. would be Minions. Oh, okay, and interesting enough about this one in the Minions, it actually made over three hundred and sixty nine million dollars. Actually, it's the second one. Uh, Millions, Minions: The Rise of Gru, right. the second Minion movie, was actually the highest grossing of the Despicable Me slash Minion franchise. So the pullout of the Despicable Me of Minions actually has made more than the original movie on that one. So I would say the wow. good would actually be something like that. There's been a plenty out there that you can look at, but to me, having a four-year-old daughter and right. a one-year-old son watching these, and then you think back, like, wow, this, this came from this. Yeah. That's no. pretty good. That was the first thing that I went to as well was animation Puss in Boots you know, yeah. from the Shrek. That's a good yeah. movie, man. Uh, Antonio Banderas does a great job in yeah. that. And uh, the other one that kind of came to mind was from Grindhouse was Machete. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Machete. Machete. Machete was great. Yeah. And tr- yeah. Danny Trujillo, I mean, he's, I love he's just a scary dude. I, I mean, love him. In, does a great job, but those were the two that kind of popped out for did me. Did you actually see Grindhouse in theaters? I did not. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did. It was pretty cool. You got to see like the multiple it's, movies at the same time. Like it was throwback. a long process. It was such a yeah. throwback. Double feature. Right? Yeah, double yeah. feature. You had a break in between there. You had an intermission it's on there. And interesting enough, when you talk about Puss in Boots, I believe you told me today, it was either one of the two of you talked to me about who actually voiced, yeah, who actually voiced that. It was Shrek. Shrek. Uh, oh, we're talking about Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, it stems from that Shrek. The original voice was Chris Farley, who recorded about three quarters of his lines before he passed. And then they brought in um, Mike Myers, Mike Myers to do that. And then also Lord Farquaad, I think, or no, who was the Would princess? Would you call me? Who was the princess? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Uh, it was someone before that. I think it was like Garofalo. Oh, Janine Ruffalo. I think it might have been her. Not, and they not, then after out. her performance in Mystery Men, they kicked her out. Mystery Men is a great film. You not take a lot that of people back. Have I seen liked that movie. it. I my wife, her her best, best, her best, my wife, let me forget. Cable Guy was her best movie. Yeah, but, <laughs> there are no forks at medieval times. There Pepsi? are no forks at medieval times. But y'all got Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so she's she's the brother to Jimmy for the quarterbacks of the Niners, right? No. Hey man, I tell you, that's the, so. Do you have a favorite character from spinoffs? Because you know what mine is. I'm gonna say it every time. Like, Go ahead. I love Matthias from the Scorpion King. So the Scorpion King is a spinoff from um, uh, the Mummy. Mummy Returns. Mummy Returns, and the worst CGI possibly ever in a film. But I'm a huge Dwayne Johnson fan, and I marked out so bad when they had the Scorpion King. Is it a great film? Everyone tells me no. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am a sucker every time the Scorpion King comes on TBS. I'll set up and watch it. I watch it on an old DVD with like cracks in it because I just think it's, I just love that. It's better character. to watch it with cracks in it than with cracks in you. Right. Mm, or and, with crack in me. And that's what a good producer does is Jason just shook his head no in response to your assertion that it's one of the best movies of all. Do you have a good one, Jason? Yeah, Jason, give me, give me another good. no. A good what? A good spinoff movie. A good idea for this podcast? I I wouldn't call it a movie, but a good spinoff show was Peacemaker. I wholeheartedly okay. enjoyed I, that. I, from I, the Suicide I Squad. completely agree. You get a, a merit today as opposed to a demerit. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I, I've got bad, too, with that, though. Do you have a bad one? Do you have a bad one? I do no? not. Uh, I don't one? have a bad one, per se, but okay. there's some that are really bad. Well, Hit us up with what you got. Uh, we've all seen The Mask, right? Yeah. Anybody see yeah. Son of the Mask? No. Oh, yeah. That it is was trash. Horrible. That's a dumpster fire. Horrible. It was uh, Jamie Kennedy. Yes. And it didn't oh, even follow the gosh. same first plot of it, but they just got people to try to give money to it because it said mask in it. And oh, oy vey. Was that a straight-to-DVD? It, 
Uh, no, I didn't no, think it, it was a theater for, for, for like a day. Is that the worst movie you think you've ever seen? No, worst movie oh. I've ever seen was actually The Mod Squad. I saw it in theaters nah. in New Jersey. Nah. Sitting behind me was a high Jason Muse from um, oh, Clerks yeah. and Mallrats. Yeah. Like, it was back there. And that's the only thing that was cool about it was Jason Muse in the theater with me. Wow. But Mod Squad with uh, Claire Danes and yeah, I think uh, Omar not, Epps. No, that's not as bad. It was the worst movie. Oh, my. You are. Hey, kid, what exit is uh, Jay from? Jay and Silent Bob. What exit Oh, they, they would take uh, 107. Yeah, words, son. Um, no, that's not the worst movie ever. Yeah, the I worst movie ever is Sherlock with uh, Will Ferrell and oh, John C. Ryan. That was bad, too. That was, that was bad. It was so bad that no one wanted to pick it up. That that's why Netflix got it I, you guys are wrong there i've i haven't been i don't know how many movies i've been to in my life that was the first and only movie that i sincerely legitimately thought about leaving in the middle of, of it the was show bad, but it's not the worst yes y'all got this wrong i'm gonna go with the mainstream choice and choose the room but uh, so many the people room. love that room movie because bad. it's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. bad it's good it's, it's not so bad. bad it's good so how that's is it bad that's not bad that we gotta watch that again by the way the worst movie ever is halloween kills or Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Okay, most, can't be so bad if you don't even remember the name of it. Yeah, that's how bad it is. I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember a man having that cracked out dance dream, and then oh, Michael Myers. I have to cut that in post. <laughs> sitting in the, in the sewers, like just like a tired, washed up, drunk killer. Go out and kill some and folks, he had just man. killed everybody in the movie before. He was tired. He was so tired. He was hibernating. That was the worst movie. Yeah. Ever. By the way, it wasn't the worst movie because you sent me a TikTok. It was one of the two. You sent me a TikTok where it was like the eighth worst movie of the 2022 year. And then he's like, number one. Number one was he's like, my girl wanted to watch the movie, and she didn't even watch, so I watched it in spite of her. <laughs> so she so I what was the name of that movie? Uh, what, what, I'll get back to you. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> a good post. TikTok. That was a good TikTok. Put it in post, man. Ding ding ding. All right. Well, we're gonna go into now as we go into wrestling all the time. And I'm actually ask Brian first on this one, Brian. There's 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 gimmicks in wrestling. Yes. Gimmick is a char- uh, a wrestler is playing a character. So there can be like you know there's been some good gimmicks there, and then there's been some bad gimmicks. But give me the idea of you know what's a gimmick that's made you chuckle. What is a funny one of the funniest gimmicks you remember in pro wrestling history? For me, it, it, there's two. One that's old that wasn't necessarily. A comedic gimmick, but it was funny. Was the Cosmic Cowboys? And, oh yeah, yeah. So this was a Freebirds Von Erich uh, kind of deal, and the Freebirds had the titles, and they were, you know, the Von Erichs wanted to rematch or whatever it was, and the Freebirds said, "We'll give whoever's the lowest ranked uh, tag team a shot at the titles." Mm. And then you know, oh, well, it turns out it's the Cosmic Cowboys. So they come out in masks, and you know, and the Freebirds are laughing, and then it obviously turns out that the Cosmic Cowboys are the Von Erichs. Yeah, you know, with a mask. Disguise, yeah. However, the the if for a comedic value, for me it begins and ends with Doink. Doink's good. Doink, it was probably the only time I ever laughed out of just comedy. Now, for for just general comedic value that is not necessarily meant to be funny or silly is anytime the rock was on the mic or stone cold. I mean, yeah, those were, were great, good. but I don't think, you know, I think what you're asking is just from a strictly comedic, you know, aesthetic view. Doink. Now let me ask you with doing too. Do you remember doing's um, little friend? Uh, I do, and it, it was the same guy that played the leprechaun as well. Right. I don't know. That, it wasn't, you know his it name? was not Hornswoggle. It wasn't the same. No, it wasn't him. Uh, sports entertainer. Anybody? Anybody, anybody remember the name? No. Dink. 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 Doink and Dink. Doink and Dink. That's what, yeah. ironically, that's what was the original name of this podcast, but <laughs> it's not now. Bing bong. 
Nick, you? Well, you know, there's a lot of things. That well, you know. Well, let you know. me tell you a story our, about our the bridge. Our T-shirts are going to be amazing because it's going to be like one that says, use guys. And mine's going to start with, well, you know, it's interesting, Steve. Um, but like the gobbledygooker is always funny. They used to have the Thanksgiving Survivor Series. This guy dressed up in a giant turkey suit and would wrestle whoever the mid-card guy was. And yeah, but it, didn't, it didn't sustain. It His didn't, at least sustained. No, Doink was actually a character on so there. So my understanding of this topic is what we found to be humorous gimmicks. I'm not that, talking about stuff that's sustained. I'm so like, a one-time like thing is a gimmick. It's not a one-time thing. The Gobby Gooker came out multiple times. Can't mm. we all just get along? No, we can't all get along. I'm gonna drop so things. you're going to go with the gooker? It's not my... I, I have a bevy of things the here, bevy. Stephen. Bevy me. allow for me to go through it. I'll, I want to be overwhelmed with bevy. I'll bevel you. All right. So there was also... We mentioned Dink, but we thought that Dink might be Hornswoggle. There were things that Hornswoggle did, especially in like the Ruthless Aggression later era and going into the newer phase. With the and, shillelagh? When with he... the shillelagh and the WWE. Just a little gimmicks. Him hiding in the ring. Him chasing after certain uh, female superstars and divas. One of my favorites is when DX goes to look for him. To get him to join uh, the the new DX, it's old Shawn Michaels, old Triple H, and they go under the ring. I think I was at your house when we were watching it once. They go under the ring, and down there is like this whole cavernous world. There's like a hallway. <laughs> He's got like a, a, a resting area, his own locker room. It was hilarious. Um, it's called the Shire. Yeah, basically. I think what's really funny right now in wrestling for me is Orange Cassidy. So his nonchalant, Steve's rolling his eyes, but his nonchalant approach is so, it just gets me every time, you know, and uh, I really enjoy uh, Orange and his role. If you haven't checked that kid, uh, watch him out. But one of my favorite all time gimmicks is a riff gimmick. And it's anything Jay Lethal when he does the black machismo or he does black flair. That's a really good one, too. Mm. That is good. I, I would uh, I would say right now the best in the biz is Danhausen. Danhausen oh, by yeah. far is better he's, than he's, Orange Cassidy. He's the uh, best in the biz. Yeah, I'll concede that. I'll yeah. give that to you. He's really Thank great. You. What I've seen though, what I like, and I was going back, and I'm thinking you go back to Gilberg, who was Dwayne Gill, you know, yeah. mimicking the, right. the Goldberg situation they had, which was actually um, they really bothered um, Bill Goldberg that he did that. But what I like, and you might not know this one, it's kind of a, more of an in between now and a little bit back then, is Damian Mizdow. Hmm. Okay, Damian Mizdow was the Miz's tag team partner, and yeah. you know who the Miz is, right? correct? Yeah. Okay, yes, and the Miz was using this gimmick where like he didn't want to get hit, so he bring in Mizdow, who was a stunt double. Yeah. Well, Mizdow um, got, and his name is Aaron Stevens in real life, right. got it over so big that he then stole the Miz's like, gimmick set. So like he would do, um, what's his finishing move? The uh, skull-crushing for now. Like, he would do the moves. He stole all his moves there. But then what would also happen is when the Miz was in the ring, he'd be on the outside of the ring as if it's like he's in the ring doing the <laughs> move. Right, when he's and so <laughs> what ended up happening is everybody would pay attention to what he was doing outside the ring instead of what Miz was doing in the ring. And so in, when he ended up getting the hot tag, like the yeah, crowd went nuts. Huge pop. It was huge. So to me, that That's was a, a great gimmick That's a good that one. Damian Mizdow did. That's but where it almost worked too well. It almost, take, well, yeah, and honestly, I think that's why he got released because he almost, he got over on the Miz and it didn't go the way he thought it was. It actually got him a little bit bigger there. We saw this in real life with Dan the dad at the yes. last show we went to, Dad Bod Dan or whatever his name was. He was so over that the, I think it's the associate, the embassy, yeah. Brian Cage and the embassy were, had no chance against the pop this dude got when he got hot tagged in and he's just straight up somebody. Dan the somebody, dad. Somebody's yeah. dad. Well, that reminded me, you're one of your Jersey guys that I always thought was really fun was, how you doing? Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Enzo. Yeah. Enzo. Oh, Enzo. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I forgot about yeah, him. He's, Enzo's he's good. Yeah, Enzo's good. Fantastic. Was really now, there was a guy, and I'm sorry if we're going late, but there was a guy uh, in the Al Snow era that kind of looked like Al Snow, but he acted uh, special. Oh, oh Eugene? Eugene. Eugene. Eugene yeah. I thought Eugene was Eugene was, was uh, Eric Bischoff, well, supposedly so storyline, Eric Bischoff's nephew. So, interesting thing about Eugene was when Doink got sick or what, he was Doink the Clown's uh, stand-in. They put the makeup on him and he wrestled yeah. as Doink in a bunch of house shows. So, that's, I love how everything kind of ties back together. It does. And then new new things. One of the best uh, vignettes that I've seen in a long time was with Billy Gunn and his new crew. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, uh, they, they you know, this was a few yeah. months ago, but that vignette yet was one of the funniest things Yo, I've seen. Listen. Listen. <laughs> yeah, JR. Yo, listen. <laughs> but let's not let's not forget one person. Our truth is still out there in this game and our truth is still doing he's, it. He's one of the He kings. is really good. His whole twenty four seven run. His little Jimmy. He took that into which is a horrible belt idea. Oh, and he made, he made something it, out of like it. You wanted to see it. Yeah. And his little Jimmy little turning and looking at like no one there and uh feuding with John Cena. Everybody know John Cena my favorite. Ain't that right, little Jimmy? And nobody would say anything. <laughs> Little Jimmy agree. You know, like it was the best. Oh, I would love to spend like 20 minutes with that dude. He is amazing. Ron, the truth killings. Are we out of topics and ideas? I think it's time for a sponsor. No. Wait. We have one more thing. Oh, we do. Yes. Then we have our sponsor. And, and you know, you're listening to this out there in listening world only because of one person, and that is producer Jason here. And, you know, guys, I, I, I was just racking my brain, and I'm like, you know, he does such a great job, or does he? What makes a great producer? Well, you know, Steve, it's interesting. A great producer is equal parts showrunner, equal parts idea guy, equal parts concept enthusiast. And I would say that producer Jason is none of those things. <laughs> there it is. I knew it. There it is. Bing bong. You know, as as I believe the only person at this table has done that professionally to be a producer, you know, as a for award-winning. <laughs> he just said you're not professional. No, I think Jason, uh, well, I mean, is he, he getting paid? He does an adequate job. I will, I will pay you, but Jason does a fantastic job. He will take job. your money. Because I will tell you, Jason, and I'm on your side on this, putting up with talent Sometimes there is no dollar amount that will, you know, make up for all the stress and angst of putting up with talent. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Now, this is the guy that, you know, stops us from tapping our pins or our extra prongs on the table. This is the guy that adjusts our, our levels and our volume and clears the tracks. This is the guy that stretches in the background while we're trying to have conceptual ideas, taps the mic so that they're closer to our mouths. He, he really does a lot of things behind the scenes um, that annoy us mostly uh, to make this show go. And so Jason does do a great job at setting up the editing, marketing it uh, to an extent and putting it out there on Facebook. You really are a stellar producer uh to someone so uh, <laughs> see i don't think this podcast would be the, the number three podcast in wayne county number five podcast in sweden and you know parts unknown australia i don't think that that would happen without you jason we've actually now uh, hong kong actually moved would happen because todd, of you todd's no yeah. yeah so we're fact, number two we've got bullet. a letter from todd uh asking us to cease and desist using todd's no so we'll just refer to it as todd show Tacho. Yeah, no, here's what I got. Okay, and, and I just looked at this. I put a I put a tally mark together. I said, okay, should a good producer be on time? Check. Is our producer good at producing stuff? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, so I'm going to say check. 
Okay. Is our producer task oriented? Check. El Checo. Is our producer not excited about having the focus on them? Check. Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Does our producer make the talent sound good? Tries. Check stop in West Texas. He tries. I try. You try. Okay. They have great kolaches. Does our producer want to get our podcast out to the masses mm. by having people give free advertisement mm. to the podcast? Mm. Evil Check Brewery in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> So there's positives. And you thought this was going to be a negative segment. See, it's not. It's not. I was going it's, to say, it's, well, check off from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was my goal at the beginning of this, Jason. You came in in a dour mood, which I understand you have every right to be for the you know, shenanigans going on at Casa de Fleener. Shenanigans. What was my goal? Thank you. Did it. Yes. Is did. that a smile, producer Jason? Yes. Is like well, a he's child smiling out of a window? Because of our advertisers today. Hey, today's show is sponsored by Inch High Private Eye. Do you think your spouse is unfaithful? Worried about illicit dealings with your legal partners? Want to get to the bottom of a case? Try Inch High Private Eye. Yes, from the makers of Pocket Hercules Spotting Agency comes Inch High Private Eye. Look out for the little guy like a mini spy. Inch High Private Eye. Inch High Private Eye is no way to reference to Pat Moore or Pat Moore Detective Agency. Chasing the hug is not responsible for hate mail or libel. This has been a riveting episode of Chasing the Hug with us here and you there. I've been Steve Sackasitz. Brian Cox. The Nick Johnson. Producer Jason. We out. Big Monk. Yeah, that producer segment was fire. fire. Make flame noises. Make flame noises. Why do, you, why do you ask the guy from Waco to make flame noises? <laughs> oh, David David Koresh, come on. <laughs> Get out of there, Koresh. It's the ATF. It's either fire or gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> I can ask him.